Hey guys, and welcome back to the Female Fitness Formula podcast. I'm your host, Sheridan Sky, but today I have a very special guest, Miss Emily King. Hello. I'm so keen to be here. Hey girl, hey girl. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we were supposed to do this last week, but life happened and I really appreciate the time that you, you, you're giving to speak to us. So how's it going? How's everything going for you guys? Yeah, good. Like we're currently going through a little bit of a sleep regression, so that puts a dampener on a lot of things in life. But, you know, work's good, business is good. Um, it's pretty much the same thing most weeks for us in terms of like just clients and work and raising yeah. some children. That's about it, really. Amazing. Well, for the people who maybe don't know Emily King or know somewhat of Emily King, can you tell us a little bit more about you? So you've obviously got a, a, a little girl. What's her name? Yeah, I have Luna. She is 18. No, she's like 21 months old. I was going to say 18 months old. That was weird. Skip that. She's nearly two. Um, <laughs> I, I am a online coach as well. Um, before that, I did nursing in ICU um, and I also did face-to-face -face PT for quite some time as well. Um, I compete as well. So I was in WBFF as a pro figure champion um, and now I'm moving to IFBB uh, wellness. So that'll be a big transition this year and... That's really about it. Outside of that, I'm a partner and I have very few friends, but I think that's what happens as you know. You're a business owner and a mum. Where, <laughs> where is the time for that? Full friends. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, amazing. So one of the reasons that I, you know, wanted you on, Emily, and we, we spoke about this prior to starting this podcast, but, you know, you are a mum and you are a business owner and you are a you know, a competitor and a very competitive competitor. You know, Emily doesn't just step up on the stage, chuck on a bikini and, and that's it. You dedicate so much to your art and your craft and your sport and you juggle all of the things outside of just that, which is in itself a full-time role, right? But what I love about you and I respect about you is that you are so honest that this shit is hard being a mum is hard and being a business owner is hard but that you can do hard things and I think that what I really appreciate about you is that you're you you let people know that they can do more than they think that they can and yeah. you know you you're really great at letting people know that hey don't let X, Y, Z be the reason that you don't do ABC. Yeah. And I want to understand a little bit more about how you kind of came to have that mentality and if you were challenged by that mentality when you first became a mum. Mm, okay. So I think like obviously a lot of who we are and how we act a lot comes from our parents, right? Or how we were brought up. Um, and I was brought up in a household where my mum, at the age of 40, she went back to university to do a degree with three small children. So I was shown from a, like a young age that as women or as people in general, like we can do really hard things um, and we can do them well, not just do them, you know? So 
Um, that was like a big part of my upbringing was seeing my mum juggle a lot of roles um, and do well at them. Um, and then coming into, so as I was growing up um, and I was never really good at anything, let's be honest, I was just like kind of okay at most sports and okay at my job and whatever. And it was, I wasn't really challenged. Um, I was, okay, I worked really hard growing up, I'm gonna say that. I worked like three or four jobs at a time. I went to university. So that's, this was always my narrative. It was just like, do as many things at, at once as is possible because that will make you <laughs> good at what you're doing. But in reality, I was just trying to get to a place where I felt like financial freedom or get to a place where I was really proud of myself. Um, and I knew that I had to do that through, you know, doing these courses or going to university. I was just trying to find one thing that I was good at. And it's, essentially I got there on the end, but it was a lot of work in between. Coming into motherhood, I was really challenged by like all of it because what we are told through social media or through our friends is like when women become mothers, you lose your job. Like, or you, you know, you take the back seat or stop training or don't aspire to do anything because now you're a mum. And that was really hard because I was like, do I have to stop being an athlete or will my business go backwards? And all these fears, you know, coming up. Um, And I know you probably experienced that as well. Like, because there's not many, again, there's not many really athletes that I see um, that became mothers and continued to be an athlete. A lot of the things I saw was they, they were an athlete, they became a mother and they stopped. And I was like, oh, is that what happens? Like, so, and of course there are women that do that and have done that for years, but they're just not on my radar of the people that I was following. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a really big thing coming into motherhood. I just didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what my life would look like. And that was extremely scary because I hadn't, I had been modeled it by my mum, but like that was also years ago. Mm. And she wasn't married. Yeah. <laughs> she was just she was like she just does laugh. So um, yeah, 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 yeah. And and one of the things that like maybe the listeners don't know about you, Emily, is that you know you had Luna and you had competed. I think it was correct me if I if I've got the timelines wrong, but it was probably like fifteen months postpartum. Yeah. Yeah. when you competed WBFF, so Worlds, you you know, yeah. you got on the, the world stage and you placed second. Yeah, yeah. Which is phenomenal. Um, but I know that there was a period of time between when Luna was born and you first deciding that you were going to compete where yeah. there was a bit of, um, will, will I ever do it again? And is that is that part of my future? And what changed for you what sort of what sort of changed that narrative for you honestly it was like that was such a journey you know and i'm so glad i went on that journey with myself um throughout that because there was there was a point where i was like i'm so far behind now i've lost this much muscle i have a family now i have priorities and all this these these different people's narratives were coming out and they, they weren't my story they were someone else's story you know so um, and I started doing an eight-week challenge with my clients. And I was like, if I can commit to this and do it really well, like, let's see how where that takes me. Because prior to doing the eight-week challenge, I was like, I'm going to do marathons and I'm going to do this. And I was like, just trying to find something else to, to do because I thought that competing for me was essentially over. Um, and 
it wasn't even because it was it wasn't even my story it's because of what other people in the industry had told her like years before this i remember a woman that i was talking to and she was a competitor she's like oh once you have kids like it's all over like when you compete like don't expect to get up on stage and look the same like and i was like oh, God. <laughs> and these yeah. were just little conversations you know that really stick with you so i did an ab challenge and i was like shit i have actually maintained so much muscle mass i look really good my body actually was in such a healthy state because I had given it time to rest and recover. Like I was in the best shape of my life, 18, month, 18 months postpartum, um, so 15 months postpartum that I ever had been. So yeah, it was just doing that, committing to it, showing myself that I could actually do it and see the result. And then I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. And it's like, it's that, and I don't know if as a, prenatal coach because Emily also coaches women in their pre and postnatal period. Uh, one of the most common questions I get is, can I gain muscle during pregnancy? And, you know, can I, can I keep um, increasing my strength or whatever it is? Because it, the question comes from a, a level of uncertainty, right? What, what is my postpartum body going to look like? And, you know, one thing I see in the industry, and it's it can't be a generalised statement because it does depend on the person, but especially people at a higher level like you who compete and, and they're, they're competitive in it, as I said, is that it's have baby straight back into it. But, yeah. you know, just smash yourself. And, you know, I, I want to hear a little bit more about your the way that you think think and coach your clients through pre and postnatal because from from the outside what I see is that you know during pregnancy the the best thing that we can hope to do especially if you're not a newbie is maintain muscle mass but people don't value maintenance maintenance is boring right (laughs) and then when they have a baby it's about how do I get back to my pre-pregnancy weight or body composition ASAP and you did the very opposite of that but you still stood 13 months postpartum on a world stage and placed very competitively for doing that and you went against the grain that most people do and like what, what was your I guess how did you come to that place where you were like you know in pregnancy I can accept that I don't know how my body's going to change and you, you shared those fears but how did you show up and put in the work anyway and then during your postpartum period did you feel pressure to you know quote unquote bounce back and how did you coach yourself and 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 nurture yourself through that this was hard and i feel like like postpartum pro, like training like i think it's more more people are doing it now in the last couple of years than they ever have been doing it. Otherwise, I've just been in the industry now. But like for me, I found a postpartum coach to help me and she's like UK, USA based. So I didn't talk to her much, but it was good to get some feedback from her about like, it was more so just the reassurance that yes, you can be a competitive athlete after mm. you've had a child, just to get that reassurance that you can do that. Cause you just don't, you don't know that because not many people have done it or like, you know, you see your friends or people around you go through pregnancy, become really deconditioned, don't do anything, don't do rehab, don't train. And like, they look obviously like worse than they did when they, before they had kids because they have allowed themselves to be there, you know, like they haven't done anything to condition Mm. themselves or strengthen themselves. So back to your question though. Um, Yes, I feel like 
there was a lot of pressure. Maybe it was just me, um, but I think people were wanting to see that bounce back, and I hate that. Yeah. Bounce. But, like, people were wanting to see what it would look like for me, and I know a lot of people were, like, I remember having little comments about, like, on my photos, be like, wait until you have children and stuff like that. So, like, for me, it was like I'm going to prove to these people that, like, you can come back from having a baby, not only improve, like, what you were before, but improve, you know. So, um, and how I managed that time in terms of, like, my own structure of whatever was, like, I spent post, like, as soon as I had Luna to about eight months and I wasn't tracking I was informed eating practices because I had done years of tracking and I felt really good in that space I was just eating really like well-balanced meals and lots of protein and lots of like carbohydrates and I definitely wasn't underfeeding myself I was tracking probably like 50% of the time just to make sure I was hitting like maintenance calories but I just sat there and then I was like okay oh well now I'm going to I essentially was in like a maintenance slash surplus to say because I was breastfeeding at the time as well um and then I started training at like the eight weeks postpartum I waited the actual time because a lot of people jump straight back into it thinking that that's going to be beneficial but I waited the time plus two more weeks because I was like there's no point in me you know going in and thrashing myself I want to go in and I got a, a rehab plan from my women's health physio um I worked with the physio as well to make sure that like my hips and my pelvis were all good out in my back because obviously a lot goes on um and i started implementing like you know home exercises from like the the probably the six weeks at home and then until i got back to the gym of like the eight weeks but it was a really slow process like i think a lot of people expected me to jump straight back into it like a bullet a gate but mm. i took my time with it and i think i was training like three days a week and then i increased to four and then i went to five um and then when i was ready like so the I think it was yeah eight months postpartum like when she was eight months old that's when i did like i didn't really need to do a building phase because i was big big enough for the category anyway so i just started doing that that dieting phase at nine months or ten months mm-hmm. yeah yeah amazing and and was that so you just mentioned you were big enough for your category is that part of your decision to transfer from the WBFF to is it did you where you got IFBB? Yeah. Yeah, IFBB. So like the decision is like multifaceted, you know, like I um the WBFF is a totally different federation to IFBB or any other bodybuilding. Like it's a lot more glamour and glitz and mm-hmm. theme wear and dresses and all these things. Um and I don't know what it is over the last couple of years I've lost a lot of love for that side of it and it's just it's not in alignment with who I am um I'm a person that doesn't wear makeup and wears Crocs 90% of the time so like you know glitz and glamour are so far away from my identity um yeah but it's it also the decision was like I wanted to be able to really test myself in terms of how much size I could build on my legs um, I wanted to bring down my upper body and wellness like in IFBB is exactly that. So it's like a small upper body, a big lower body. And I just wanted to really have like a, an intention of my training because I found that because I had reached the cap of how big they wanted me to be, I would have essentially just needed to sit in a maintenance all year and train four mm-hmm. times a week. So there's mm-hmm. just not a lot of fun in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you're always holding yourself back. 
yeah to fit yeah. to yeah 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 well that's exciting because ifbb mm-hmm. is very different to wbff so exciting oh, yeah yeah and in terms of when you know you were prepping you've done quite a lot of shows previous yeah. to having luna right what yeah. was different what was different about prepping as mum god this one was so different for me it was like I um it was the first time prepping for a few years without Matt as well. So I'd done a few shows with him prepping at the same time. So essentially I was prepping by myself. And it can be quite and that, uh, that was in a build, wasn't he? He was Matt in was a build Yeah. 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 <laughs> was like, was yeah. <laughs> he was just like, I'm sick of eating. And I was like, Shit. <laughs> I'm so um, hungry. <laughs> yeah. So and it like for me it was more of a mental game than anything. I I actually got like I went and saw um, someone to help me with mindset halfway through because I was really struggling with like self doubt and about like if I get up on stage will I be good enough or will I look like I you know have made improvements will I look like I've had time off will I look like a mum against these people that have never had children they never were pregnant they never like had that postpartum phase but then I also didn't want that to be a thing I didn't want to get up on stage and people be like oh she looks good for a mum you know or like oh she looks- yeah. Like, I, I hate, that. oh, that's such backhanded a, like, comment, backhanded yeah. compliment. It's like, oh, you look good for a mom. It's like, yeah. don't I just look good? So, like, like <laughs> as much as that drove me, like, really hard to push as hard as I could, there were moments when I was, like, slightly self-sabotaging on diet because I was like, oh, I, like, I'm not good enough or, you know, this is this is a mistake or I shouldn't have tried. But it was only, like, probably the last six months, six weeks was really, really hard for me mindset-wise. It's really holding my shit together, but like prior to that, I was like, "Yes, I'm gonna do it." Um, yeah, yeah the roller, roller coaster. And again, like she slept quite well during prep. I gotta say, like if I was doing it now when she's in this sleep regression, like mm-hmm. totally different story. But Matt has obviously like when we made an agreement when I when he would prep, I'll do the nighttime stuff. When I was prepping, he would do the nighttime stuff. So you know, at the stage like we were doing fifty fifty. Um, during prep so I would get up half it through the night every second night which worked really well for us um but yeah it was a lot different it's the way that it looks um and the way that I wasn't able to dedicate heaps of time to prep I had to be really mindful of what exact time I had to do like how long I could dedicate to cardio what that would look like what time in the morning would I have to go so I was getting up super early to do that before Luna woke up so I could take her for a walk then take her to daycare yeah, so preparation is like on a different level as a mum, hey? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. which brings me to a question. Like sometimes I reflect on some of the things that I used to say as a coach before I had a parent, before, before I had a parent, before I became a parent. Um, and one of those was we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Do you believe that we still have the same 24 hours in a day? interesting question Look, I think it's so different like so like for me like and like having a partner totally different to a single mum that works a nine-to-five job that doesn't have any help outside of that like I work with obviously and you do as well like I work with single mums that have that work nine to five the only time that they can probably get to the gym is like after work maybe for 45 minutes like their time is really restricted. And like in those instances, I'm like, you know, find a friend or find someone close that you can be like, hey, come over for an hour, three times a week to help me with the kids while I go do my training or whatever it is. But yes, we do have the same amount of time, but it 
it looks so different for people. And I think, you know, that is something that I used to say to people, but it's so not true as well. Um, mm. But it also comes down to like, how bad do you want something? Like you yeah. want to make yeah, well, it's the priorities, isn't it? And yeah. the, I think the, the challenging thing as a mum is that you have so many competing priorities that are genuine priorities and really important priorities. So you're constantly shifting that, you know, well, I have so many important priorities. Where yeah. do I dedicate that time and, and effort to? But I think that it also teaches you, if you allow it to, to protect your energy use yeah. it wisely you know your your time is the most precious currency and and you have to be very mindful of where you're spending it and ask yourself and kind of do a, a bit of a time audit you know is this relationship with that person uh benefiting me or is it adding value to my life and what parts of myself am i giving that i don't really need to do and then in your training in your new your nutrition it's what is minimum effective dose how do i do this as efficiently yeah. as i possibly can because you probably in previous preps and and you're 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 the right person to to ask this question to you know do you see maybe in other preps where you did more than you probably needed to do or you you wasted time or didn't use it as efficiently as when you became a mum or when you were prepping as a mum yeah 100 like sometimes i'd spend three hours at the gym and then i would also i would drive 45 minutes to a gym i didn't need to go to when there was a gym 15 minutes down the road like i would waste yep. so much time and i would be like i'm so busy but essentially i was making myself busy with all this stuff that i was doing like i did probably do a little bit more like recovery stuff during like my other preps in terms of like sauna or whatever but do i need to necessarily do them and do they have enough research behind them to to prove themselves to me probably not so like i did save a lot of time in terms of that and like training like i would have trained probably seven times a week in prior preps like but this time i was doing four days a week and that's all i needed um and then my cardio was either done again like in the morning or like late at night when luna was asleep so it was like a, a big shedding of like all this stuff that i was like i don't need to do this like hair appointments eyelash appointments like i got rid yeah. of all of that stuff you know all the stuff that you don't need because i was like it's just taking up too much time yeah yeah and it's, it's funny when you do that time order and you, you calculate all those little things for like hair makeup or all, all these things right yeah. and you know i remember myself thinking like oh i don't have time to dedicate to a fat loss phase or i don't have time to be training four or five times a week and then you know my partner was like well get out your phone and have a look at how much time you spend on your phone and i was like Damn. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that hurt. And I was like, yeah, yeah okay. So it, it really is about doing that time audit and be like, where am I spending time and energy and effort? Yeah. And how do I get better at this? Um, but, you know, what's really interesting about coaching dynamics, you know, I'm a coach and you're a coach, Emily, and we offer different personalities. And one of the things that I, I, I love about your style of coaching and every coach has a style of coaching and personality and for some people they gravitate towards it and for some some it repels them right which is what we intend to do that's what we want to do but yeah. from from a person on the outside looking in the way that i would describe your personality and your coaching style is it's 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 pretty like direct down the line this is what needs to be done get it done 
And one of my questions that that I that I have for you is like, I'm sure that for some people they really they love that and they that's what they need. And then other people it probably doesn't sit well with. And my question for you is, and I want to provide a response to this after you yeah. you your response is, do you feel like we're we're scared of hard work? Like as coaches or clients? As people. <laughs> I think I think we're scared of confronting the shit that we don't like about ourselves and like working towards that. Cause I think like hard work, like, yeah, I think people in as a culture, like, yeah, people hate it because it's hard, like, and it's uncomfortable and people don't like being uncomfortable or doing hard things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that, that kind of brings me to, to my response. One of the things I think we have in common is that we share the genuine struggles of being a mum and you share the genuine struggles of being a competitor but in sharing things that are hard I think sometimes people think that it's complaining or if it's hard that it equals bad yeah and this is this is my lens of the topic that just because something's hard it doesn't make it bad yeah. And that we are we are wired to do hard shit. Like how are, how do humans even exist? How are we even here? It's because we've we are so adaptable, and we can genuinely do really hard things. And I think there's been parts of me, especially in motherhood, and you kind of touched on it before, where it's that self doubt. Like I'm a mum now. I can't do this. I can't do that. These are the reasons why I can't do X, Y, Z. And genuinely, sometimes that. They're, they're genuine reasons, but I've I've found myself in my own way so much of the time. And my question to you is, do you find that with some of your clients and how do you sort of help them overcome that? It's, it's like I get a lot of people that are usually like at the end of their road with like their own shit. So, and they have come to me because I'm direct and honest and I will tell them exactly what, needs to be done and and how to do it essentially um and i will play the dancing game with a few clients like that are like they you know they'll have a bad week and this x y and z will happen and it's the same thing constantly going cycle over like over and over and you know you probably have these clients as well and it is really hard um but i honestly just keep reminding them that a like this is a hard thing to do like changing your your diet training like working out changing your lifestyle choosing better friends like they're all very hard things to do so don't expect it to be be easy and like stop listening to social media shit that's like you know seven minutes like seven minute abs or like like list done like straight away things and stop expecting things to be overnight but rather lean into how uncomfortable it is because at the end of it like it's going to challenge you it's going to change you and it's going to spit out a like a better version of you eventually, but you just have to stick with it. And like, usually like I get these clients to turn around, but it does take time and they like, they, they regress, but we all do like, we go backwards, we go forwards, we go backwards. And like, it's an ever never ending journey with that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. It ultimately matters what the net outcome is. Right. Yeah. Um, and one of the stories you posted a while back and I'm just moving, um, 
I'm just moving areas because my kids are about to come in the house screaming and that's never fun for anybody. <laughs> um, is, you, you posted on your story a while back and I really resonated with it and you said, um, you know, like social media is created almost, when we look at the flexible dieting crowd, right, it's like flexible dieting, I, I, I value it. I love it. Yeah. I, that's what I teach. But there's it's become this you can have your cake and eat it too whenever you want and how much of it you want. Yeah. yeah. And it's created this um, version or idea of balance that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Would you agree? And, and clients and coaches like to play on that, especially to get clients to be like, yeah. oh, eat the things that you want, have a drink with your friends, do this, do this and still get results. And you're like, maybe, but probably not. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Like, you do, do, they do need to understand that. Like to achieve weight loss, there is a period of restriction and that is mm. fine. Like, we've, yeah. like, as, a, as a culture or industry, we've ha- looked at restriction as a bad thing, but it's yeah. not a bad thing. It is there to intend to get a result, you know, so we need to be aware of that. That's why like, I just talk to my clients like that. And if they don't like that approach and if they're like, this is too hard, they'll go somewhere else. But usually they come back because they don't get results because yeah. without periods of restriction, we can't achieve weight loss, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, for sure. And and that word is, you know, I feel like it's it's almost like flexible dieting doesn't equal restriction. Yeah. And it does. The fact of the matter, it does, because in order to achieve, like you said, there is, I like to, restriction maybe is is not the word that will always resonate with people, but it's true. But another word for it is restraint. You need to apply restraint. So in flexible dieting, there is still discipline within flexibility and yeah. you can eat whatever you want, but not as much as you want and not whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah. have a lot less flexible than people think, you know. But yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah, amazing. Well, I, I I really appreciate your time, um, especially given your probably your brain probably doesn't work as well, given that you're not sleeping for the past. <laughs> Whatever, I used to it. So the, the regressions pass apparently, but then you get to the next one, right? You just come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then you have to deal with that one all right yeah. so what is next for emily when is she next competing when will we see you in ifbb so i was gonna do end of year but i've decided against it and i will do um start of next year so april just mm. to allow myself a bit more time to grow into the category um and the way that i want i want to get up on stage and look like substantially improved not just like oh yeah she she got a little bit bigger like i want to be like wow she really changed her body so that's my yeah. goal yeah Sorry. and 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 is matt's also transferred to ifbb too yeah he'll be competing end of year this time yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. And, and what category are you under i'm under wellness um and he'll be under like open body body amazing well mm-hmm. No doubt you guys will kill it. You kill everything. <laughs> It'll be good, hopefully. All right. Where can people find you? Um, just on my socials, just Emily underscore King Bodies. Yep. And you guys also offer coaching? 
Yeah, we do have coaching. And that's just like kingbodies.com. We keep things super simple around here. (laughs) Kingbodies.com. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Emily. And I hope that Luna gets through her sleep regression very soon. I hope that we get through this sleep regression. But thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much, Emily. Amen.